Hey guys, welcome to the Plymouth PDX podcast. Today we have a special guest, Jack, who is a podcaster himself. He does the Mutual Audio Network podcast, which is focusing on uh, drama and kind of theatrical things, as well as he wants it to be a place where people can have an audiobook, they can have kind of that experience where they're able to hear a story and get fall in love with it as well as they're able to get informed on how to do that in a really great, entertaining way. So, Jack, welcome to the show, and we're just so excited to have you. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me, Stephen. It's always great for me to talk about one of my great loves in life that I've developed in the last 15, 20 years called the audio drama. Awesome. So, are you located over in the East Coast, West Coast? Where, where are you located at? Sunny Halifax, Nova Scotia, as we like to say. It's not always sunny. It's kind of gray out here right now. But if we say sunny with, with hope, high hope, yeah. that it will remain sunny. So we're on the other side of the world, I guess, from you guys. But uh, it's uh, we're, we're connected through the Internet, which makes it really cool. Yeah, that's always so encouraging to know that we have this platform right now, especially in these tough times, to be able to connect digitally and be able to yeah, just more along the lines of stay connected, even if we're still in isolation and far apart, even though things are starting to come into quote unquote phases and all these different things. Like we just are thankful for this platform to be able to connect and talk because yeah, it's the digital world is something we're upon right now. For um, sure. So I have to ask, like, did you start this podcast like after you? Cause I, I heard a little bit before that you're a teacher and that you do you teach drama? Is that what? I teach English actually, but I oh. am a drama teacher as well. I have taught most English teachers are dramatic folk. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do these 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 readings to my students of so short stories, these sort of like dramatic readings, and they really get into it at times. So it's very cool. But that's not what actually got me into it. I. I have an old longtime friend that I had um, by the name of Andrew Dorfman approached me in the early 2000s and he said, hey, there's this guy who has this internet radio station and he needs content. How would you like to do audio drama? Now, they called it radio drama back then. Um, I don't know if you're familiar back in the day of back in the golden age of radio drama in the 30s, 40s and 50s, they had television basically on radio and so movies on radio and Mm -hmm. so we grew up listening to that when we didn't have cable tv they'd often put stuff on the radio waves or i got records from my parents had this great little superman record from the old (laughs) i listened to them again and again because i love stories so Mm -hmm. much so i said so he said why don't we do a radio play and i went why don't we do a series because I'm stupid, right? So I, <laughs> I think big all the time. And so what ended up happening was that the internet radio station collapsed and I was all excited to do radio drama. Yeah. So I connected with the local radio station here in Halifax, the university radio station, CKDU, our, our mothership, 90.5. And I said, um, we'd like to do a show. And they went, that sounds great. So because it's community, they found a spot for us on Tuesday nights. We started off doing these old time radio shows. And then we, I would write and produce a couple and put them in. And that went on for a year. It was called the Shadowlands Theater. And I used that series as well for my original radio drama because uh, I'm a big fan of Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. So oh, yeah. I kind of... I write in that sort of vein, a lot of anthology stories. So uh, then what ended up happening was I contacted a bunch because they said, well, why don't you get this out to other radio stations across Canada, the United States? Mm-hmm. And just, you know, you can you could have this uh, syndicated. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. So I started contacting other radio stations and they said, the problem is you're playing a lot of old time radio and we don't have the rights for that necessarily. You're mm-hmm. you're you're uh Station does, but we can't with ours. So the best thing for you to do is just have all original radio drama. I went, I can't write a new show every week. There's sound effects and music and actors and all that. Yeah. So I yeah. said, well, maybe other people are doing this. And sure enough, out of the woodwork, there were people all around the world that were making their own modern audio dramas. So I rebranded everything. Wow. And I called the show The Sonic Society. 
<laughs> and it's been going weekly for 15 years. Wow. I'm one of the I'm one of the oldest podcasters, old too. But I mean, I, oldest as in longest running podcasters in the world, as far as I can tell. We do have the longest running, largest showcase of modern audio drama around. So fast forward to last year, I was getting frustrated because there's so much out there that I wanted to do, and I thought. Well, what if I created a whole network and every day we dropped brand new, well, shows, maybe not brand new shows, but shows. Mm -hmm. So I would give them each a theme. So Monday is Monday matinee, and that's uh, classic recreations, live theater, all that kind of stuff shows. Tuesday is Tuesday terror, so horror shows. Mm -hmm. Wednesday is Wednesday wonders, so science fiction and fantasy Thursday is Thursday thriller, so mystery, detective, thriller stuff. Friday Follies today is comedy, so we have shows on Friday. And then Saturday I call Saturday Story Circle, so it's family and kids stuff. Because I remember, you know, a lot of old time when I was a kid watching cartoons in the morning. So we always like yes, Saturday morning cartoons. (laughs) There you go. And then the final day Sunday would be brand new stuff that came out. So I, I, I sat there and I thought, this would be really cool. So I went and I registered the, the company as, as a corporation, mm-hmm. Mutual Audio Network. Um, and I, I used the word mutual because I actually had somebody come to me and say, well, do you know the acronym means man? And I went, I had no idea. <laughs> I use Mutual Audio Network because it's a network and it's audio. And I use mutual because back in the day, there used to be a a corporation or a radio organization network called the Mutual Radio Network. And they got swallowed up by CBS and they died. But they had some of the great radio dramas. They had Superman. They had The Shadow. They had a whole bunch of really cool stuff. So I thought, this is sort of in homage of those great times. And so we were doing it. So what I did was I collected together because I know – hundreds of people in this medium after so many years of doing this. So I, I collected about 10 people that I really trust and love their stuff. And I said, could you join me and we'll be a group and we'll all do this together. So while I do, I'm the CEO and I plan all this stuff Mm -hmm. every day of the seven days a week, we have guys and gals do the introduction. So it sounds like it's a broadcast day. So if you download, you by the way, there's eight different feeds. So if you just want to listen to Friday Follies comedy stuff, you can subscribe to that. But if you want to listen to the entire Mutual Audio Network every day, getting three new shows to listen to, you can get that as well. You wow. can find them in all the places. So I have um, JV Torres, who does The Rise of King of Silas. Uh, Scott Mosher from CNY Table Reads, Lothar Tuppen from Ninth Tower Productions, and the Amigos Audio, Lothar and I, and another friend, Jeff Billard, who does Audio Groove Cats, um, as well as Amigos Audio. We do a lot of stuff together, too. And then John Bell, who's amazing, from Bells in the Bat Free, uh, Rich Froelich from T- Texas Radio Theater, and Pete Lutz from Narada Radio Company. They're my core team, and we meet and we put together stuff. And right now, I'm planning for the next two months of all the releases that are going to happen. And I'm I'm just going through my old Sonic Society index card going, oh, you know what? Nobody's ever heard of these shows because they haven't been played in 15 years. I wonder if I can find the producer and get the rights to be able to show them. So, for example, this next Wednesday coming up is a great show called Soul Patrol by David Konigsberg. He does nowhere else on the Internet will you find it. it. He designed it specifically to be a jumping off point to be a television series about these angels that have come to Earth and they're trying to be able to solve problems and stuff like that. And it's a fun and really well-developed show, and it's going to be released on our Wednesday Wonders series starting next week. So I guess I'm so excited to make <laughs> contact with these people that I haven't talked to in 15, 16 years maybe, sometimes 10 years, and say, hey – please give me the rights to put your show on mutual audio so that a whole new crop of people can listen to this stuff. Yeah. That's, that's me. That's what we're doing in a nutshell. Um, But it's so exciting to work with actors and directors and producers and to bring on new listeners because um, a lot of people 
haven't ne- really listened to audio drama before, so it's it's a brand new thing. But if you could have a show that you could play in your car, and it's different every time. So you drive back and forth to work, and you get stuck and whatever. Um, the fact that you can listen to an ongoing movie or or a series of movies or something like that, you have that opportunity. I think a lot of people would deal would really enjoy that. We're like kind of like the Netflix of audio drama yeah, right now. That's incredible. So, <laughs> so you, do you guys do different voiceovers too per um, oh, yeah. each of your character? Wow. Oh, for sure. Like we have, um, like I said, uh, those are just the main people who are involved in the production side. They all have their own shows, which they donate to the show and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so you can go to their websites like everybody else. And if you like what you listen to in mutual, you can always go to the originators and get that stuff, which is awesome. But you add every one of them have shows with actors, a stable of actors or more. Uh, we probably have hundreds of actors playing in all of these different shows. And there are many, many more shows beyond the people I just mentioned who yeah. have said, sure, we'll donate uh, your, your show. People who don't even do the shows anymore. Like I said, Soul Patrol has been off the air for for over a decade now. And yet I can bring that back for other people to listen to. So Dang, that's like so much value that you bring to the table. Like I love, I love audiobooks. I love listen, listening to just like different like shows on Netflix or like on whatever platform. Because I just feel like I want to hear the story more than like um, just see it. Cause I think you can see a lot more through the um, director's eyes. If you just actually listen to what they're saying and like, even though like, yes, yeah, like the cast and like every single thing is like perfect to a T what they're looking for. But like, if you can paint the picture with just the audio, you're doing such a great deal of like, you're just adding so much more value to it. I believe. And I think it's really sure. Cool. Like, so how do you differentiate from an audiobook um, in that kind of context? Because I think it could be easy to be put in that category as an audio uh, the- theatrical uh, position. So a lot of people have this conversation, and I, I've written some articles on uh, sonicsociety.org website about the various differences that I see in what I call audio story. In fact, mm-hmm. I, did a, I did an audio two-parter and i'm happy to send you the link at some point about sort of my thought of what takes to create audio story and the various different dimensions that come about that so like you said on one side and by the way there are a bunch of people who and and the lines are blurred you know what i mean like if if you take a look at music right you can take a look at fusion stuff that may be jazzy or it could be bluesy or it could be hip hop. Like, I mean, there's a variety of stuff and they often call things various things. But if yeah. we want to look at straight lines, the differences are kind of like this. Now, there's a new group of people. And I think, and again, I've, I've been in this long enough that I started to see different ages. So I consider this, the new people that are putting stuff out now are sort of in the third age of audio drama production. Okay. So the first age or the golden age, which is probably like the first five years, if you go back 15 years ago, so 2000 to 2005, mm-hmm. they kind of are people like me who really love old time radio yeah. and, and, and love sort of 80s movies. And so a lot of those audio dramas have that kind of feel. They're very uh, action packed. They have lots of characters. People were worried about things that they called talking heads, like just people talking for no reason, right? That was a big concern that they had. Totally. Then we had the Silver Age, which went for another five or six years. And those were people who also liked old-time radio, but were really inspired by the people before them who just created brand-new audio drama. So there's a friend of mine. uh, We became friends after he sort of contacted me saying, I love what you're doing. I want to create my own show. So he created his own show called Kung Fu Action Theater, which went ran for a number of years and based on sort of Chinese Kung Fu action movies and audio form because he loves that stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was the Silver Age. And now, strangely enough, we have this this third age, which is sort of based on more things like um, YouTube confessionals yep. and and um, things uh, shows that have come out sort of like um, – uh, Welcome to Night Vale, Serial, and stuff like that. Yep, where huge. one person is sort of sitting there talking in a microphone and telling a story. And then they might introduce a friend or two to come over and talk. And those people will talk and have like an interview like we're having right now. Mm-hmm. But 
that is a little closer to what we call sort of an audiobook. So I, I try to identify the difference between audio drama and audiobook is this. Are you familiar with Game of Thrones? Yes. So the author of Game of Thrones, whose name escapes me, of course, right now, um, if he were reading to you the book Game of Thrones from a stage, just reading the book out, mm-hmm. that's an audiobook, right? Right. But if you're watching the television show, that's audio drama. So you're not being told a story. You're engaged in the story. You're there. So you may not even have a narrator in audio dramas. You might set up with a narrator like the Twilight Zone used to do with Rod Serling. And, and he would say something as a narration to get you started. Or the new Twilight Zones, by the way. Yeah. Um, but then, then you're in the position where you're just, you hear people talking back and forth. You hear sound effects doing stuff. So the sound effects have to tell the story too. So I always give the example of like bad audio drama where, you know, John, what are you doing with that gun? Nobody talks like that, right? But if the person (laughs) says, John, what are you doing? And then you hear like the the click of a gun. Your brain goes, holy crap, he's got a gun, right? You don't have to tell people specifically what it is. You use the sound effects to tell the story. Yeah. And then the music adds in tone and mood and stuff like that, too. And it also can transition you from scene to scene. So in many ways, audio drama is more like cinematography. It's more like a movie without the pictures. There are times when audio drama is a bit more like a stage play Mm -hmm. um, because you can add those. You know how stage play, they often have somebody like who's a chorus or a narrator. That can come in as well. But um, the audio drama from the golden age more often than not, you're, you're sort of in, engaged within a, in a particular storyline and the people are there. And some of the best things that happen are you just sort of forget the fact that you're listening to a story and you're just into the story. Yeah. So I, I love audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks all the time. Um, I love uh, podcasts of all kinds. Don't get me wrong. But my real passion is creating audio story and using as much as I can to try to boil things down to the sound effects, to the dialogue, use narration when it's appropriate. Because there's certain shows, like um, if you're doing a detective series, narration yeah. is, is almost part of it, right? Especially right. the old-fashioned detective series. <laughs> yeah. Got home, pulled out my drawer, looked for my bottle of Jack. You know, like that kind <laughs> of thing that comes right in. Those things happen within a, those old-fashioned, you know, old-time radios and modern ones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the main difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. Like you said, like you can either be reading a book or you can be actually embodying the book and making it come alive. And I think to do that takes a lot of patience. So I have to know, like, since you record and you release stuff daily, that sounds like like a headache and a half. But obviously, it's something you're really passionate about to be able to do that. Um, how how long are your episodes um, so, averaging? So, and then yeah. also, like, how do you find the outside inspiration to to do like your like different themes, like, okay, like I'm going to read something today or I'm going to like pull something from here. This guy's throwing this at me and I want to like make this my Friday comedy series. Like how does, <laughs> how do these all come in to create and to continue to be consistent for so long? Cool. So here, uh, my, my process is kind of like this. The, the brand new stuff is really only on Sundays Okay. and, and every day we have, uh, an, uh, an, uh, an announcer who, who tells what's going to happen today. So if you're looking at your, your cell phone and you've got your podcast up for today, for example, mm-hmm. you'll see four different files. The first file will say, um, I have it right here. The first file will say Friday Follies for May 29th, 2020. Okay. And then you'll read the details and it'll say it's Friday and time to get your comedy, uh, Mark, uh, Tom comedy going host. John bell provides you with three delightful dishes, including bells in the bathroom, 67 root alchemy and wasted tape. Number 10 laughs to make you loony subscribe today. <laughs> so, um, and that person, um, they'll have their own introduction based upon those three titles that will be released today. 
So they'll send me their file. It'll be on that first file. That's what you'll, you'll hear is something like that. Um, and then, uh, and then you'll be able to go and say, well, I want to listen to bells in the battery because John Bell's amazing, but maybe I want to miss wasted tape at the end this year. And I can skip whatever I want. Cause those are three different options. You can listen to all three or you can skip them based yeah. upon whatever you like. Um, so we wanted to give the idea that the mutual Auto network is almost like a broadcast. So we have like a broadcast day of usually two to three shows. Now, those shows are already recorded by other companies. Okay. They could be my old ones. They could be anybody of the groups that I mentioned, their mm -hmm. old ones, or other people. So John Bell, Bell's in the Bat Free, yep. he has been recording shows since 2005 okay. or 2004. So he has 280-something or 240-something shows out. Nice. So on Fridays, I do all of his old stuff from the first all the way up. Sundays, when he has a brand new release, that'll go on the Sunday show. Okay. Um, uh, the Rude Alchemy guys, they're hilarious, and they have a backlog of about 30, 40 shows right now. So I'm doing those. Once I'm done those 30, 40 shows, one show a week, mm -hmm. then I'll look for another comedy group to be able to do stuff. So I've got a bunch of different shows. Now, we have released on the feed right now because we started last year. We have about... 1200 shows to listen to wow and that's not including the intros those are actual listening shows that you could listen to if you wanted to and what's the so, average time for the shows uh the shows average they're again they vary because it depends upon what the people do mm -hmm. so for example bells the bath free tends to be about 15 20 minutes long okay uh rude alchemy tends to go up to about an, a half an hour Okay. And wasted tape, they can be five minutes, they can be 10 minutes, they can be 15 minutes. So generally, most days last about uh, an hour to an hour and a half if you're going to listen to the whole thing kind of thing. Okay, gotcha. So now, the Sonic Society, the show The Sonic Society, which is the one I put on every Sunday, I have brand new ones every Sunday, and, all, and my old ones starting from season 10, I started posting on Mondays just so people could get caught up if they were behind. Those tend to be about 45 minutes to an hour length mm -hmm. because the Sonic Society also is uh, broadcast on radio stations across Canada and in some places in the United States and on internet radio stations as well through the NCRA, the National Community Radio Association. Mm -hmm. So because we were connected with the radio station there, we, we get a lot more radio play, not just on the internet itself. Nice. Wow. So stop me if I'm, if I'm talking too much. Or no, if I'm it's too, great. I love that. We're like, doing you all... know, I have a passion for this, so I, <laughs> I can talk all day. <laughs> no, it's so good to like, it's refreshing to hear like someone that has a very high passion for drama. Cause I think a lot of times there's like, Oh yeah, I have all these things and I'm doing all these things and I'm like in it in the Hollywood or in, let's just say whatever kind of film industry that they're in. But to be able to embody and embrace this in that kind of capacity of someone that for me, like I love to hear, like I said before, I love to hear the audio so I can get the full, like I feel like I'm getting in the brain of the, of the director himself. Cause you know, sure. he's the one that's like writing out the whole entire storyline and like all these different kinds of things. And like all the rest of the stuff is, it's not just extra, it's just to add on to it, but I get to hear like the bare bones of cool. what he looked at. So like if he wanted to do a mystery and a thriller, like he would have these different sound effects in his mind, have all these different kinds of, you know, words to make it suspenseful, to make you feel. I think right. it's really a huge art and a gift to be able to like to feel, like to create those kinds of feels for a horror or for a thriller or to, it's easy to make Absolutely. people laugh because people laugh all the time at like the most random things like at TikTok or whatever, <laughs> like that's just... Right where things are, but to have someone actually feel like, like a little bit scared in, in the audio world, like sitting in a bunch of people, like, Oh my gosh, like they're just captivated. They're sucked in. And they're like, everyone's looking at like, what's going on with that guy or that girl? Like what's going on? But you can, I used to tell, yeah, I used to talk to my students cause I, they would always start off and say, well, it's not really interesting. I say, okay, there's a couple of things I want you to think about. Number one, well, audio is not as important as visual. Okay. Do this for me. Go back to your house, watch your show, your favorite show, but turn off or turn around the TV so you can't see it. That means all you get is audio of that show. 
nine times out of 10, you'll understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Try the other side, watch the show, but turn down the sound. (laughs) It will be a lot more difficult unless you have the the, subtitles, the the subtitles to understand what's going on. Audio is so much of what we paint the Mm -hmm. message of what's going on in the story. So then I also give them the challenge. Now, these are the older students because this particular audio drama is certainly PG-13, if anything, less because there's some, you know, some adult content. But I said, okay, try this. Midnight Radio Theater is one of my favorite scary audio dramas. The -hmm. guy taught me something about how to write as well. And um, he's he's great. Um, His last name is Sinise. It's not Gary, but he's a wonderful writer, great guy, really productive. And I said, I want you to listen to a story, but you have to turn off all the lights in your bedroom. You have to not look at your phone once you get it started. So hide your phone, turn it down. You have to lie on the bed and you have to listen to the show, The Woman in the Basement. And and your, your dare is to finish that show. And I would tell you about 40% of the time, students couldn't finish the show. It freaked them out too much. Wow. Now, these are 17, 18-year-old students. Yeah. And they're still too freaked out to listen to this show because it's just that engaging. The other 60% listened to it, but they went, oh, I was scared, Mr. Ward. Like, I didn't have a kid who come back saying that they weren't scared from that. So yeah. uh, it's you might be in and your listeners might enjoy this. Uh, one of the shows that I do on, on, that I post on my Sunday showcase is with my amigos, uh, Lothar Toppen and Jeff Billard. And we, it's called Sonic Echo. And what we do is we take an old time radio show and we analyze it. And we take a look at um, what, what we liked about it, what was engaging about it, what was really cool. And we're kind of moving towards um, a long-term process. Like right now, we're kind of stuck on Westerns. So we just started going through some of the best old-time Westerns. And each of us takes a different one every month. And next, uh, I think we decided next season we're going to take a look at film noir kind of thing. But okay. radio yes. noir. And then um, we're eventually going to move towards, so what makes one of these auteur producers in audio, what what creates this idea of somebody who has a definitive style that I listen to it and I go, oh my God, that's a Jack Johnson show. I just know it <laughs> or something like that. And we're yeah. going to try to utilize this so people in the future can sit there and say, well, what am I trying to say in my audio dramas? How can I use audio to, to put a stamp on my stuff? Like, um, uh, his his last name is Wright. It might be Edgar. Edgar Wright is a director that I really appreciate. So he's done things like Baby Driver oh, and yes. Dawn of the Dead. And he's just got such a style mm-hmm. and such a flair, especially the way he uses music mm-hmm. to be able to help tell the story. Right. You know his stuff right away. And so we're trying to move towards that as well. Like what sonically makes a really professional audio production in audio drama and and what everybody has a style what's your style and how to get that stamp so we're, we're we talk about that monthly on sonic uh, echo and that's a lot of fun for us to be able to analyze this really cool uh, medium which is growing all the time because yeah. like yeah. i said people drive i do i listen to it all the time like i'm doing dishes mm-hmm. i go for walks on a regular basis i'm always listening to what's going on i listen to old time radio i listen to brand new radio i listen to podcasts that have nothing to do with audio drama which answers <laughs> that other question you know like you said where do i get my ideas from everywhere right so yeah. i listen to some weird creepy podcasts that tell you know um murder mystery stories or supernatural stories and and i go oh so then the the brain starts ticking and I go, well, what if, right? So mm-hmm. I'll give you one that I'm doing right now. And you, nobody in listening can steal this idea because it's in progress. <laughs> right now. And I was watching a whole bunch of bad zombie movies on okay. Amazon yep. Prime recently. And I went, oh, these are terrible. I said, but they've done zombies. Like I like zombies. I love watching bad movies as much as good. I love just analyzing the stuff. So I said, yep. so if I'm going to do an, if I'm going to do an audio drama, that's uh, a zombie one. There's been a couple really good ones, by the way. We're Alive is the premium audio drama for horror. Okay. Uh, if you want to 
check that out. It's yeah. been going for years and it has probably a half a million downloads now. Wow. It's uh, yeah. Casey Whalen is, is he also wrote the, one of the books on how to do audio drama. He's a great guy. Um, so I said, well, what would happen if there was a zombie apocalypse on Sesame street? <laughs> So I just started having this image in my mind of all this like stuffing being, you know, as, as, as puppets that are infected are eating other puppets. And, and I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. So then I started coming up with um, a various different characters that were puppets or not Muppets, of course, cause that's copyright, but puppets on their own street. Mm-hmm. And what would happen if this zombie apocalypse happened in this normally, you know, family friendly kind of place and what would happen to the characters and how would they deal with it? And then eventually it started to become a musical. So I have three or four um, musicians writing this musical that we're going to release probably for Halloween this year as a two parter, probably about an hour and a half or something like that, maybe two hours. And uh, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So oh my it's, gosh! Uh, called the last. It's called the last walk on Beechnut Street. Yeah. So oh, and uh, so it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So those are some of the ideas I get. Like I said, um, I I love anthologies. So I have anthologies for various different mediums. So the Wavefront anthology is kind of like the Outer Limits science fiction kind of anthology of mine. And I've written some shows uh, that have. I've gotten, I'm lucky enough to have gotten an award, a silver award for Mark Time for one of my shows called Alone in the Night for that. Um, And then I have a horror series called uh, Darker Musings. Um, And I have uh, sort of a um, murder mystery detective kind of ones called uh, The Deadline Anthology, which is a little more like Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Okay. And then I have just regular series. I have um, sort of a Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon style series called Space Waves starring yes. Biff Stringer. And I have detective series called Grave Shift starring Philippa Graves. And uh, I have uh, a Western fantasy one that's kind of like, you know, if, uh, if you role played uh, characters in a Western, what would it be like? And it's called uh, Prairie Fire. And um, I have a pirate series called The Pirates and the Privateers. And all of these are in various forms wow. of development. So I get excited about writing stuff here and there and producing things. And uh, I just, I've written about 120 plays at this point. And um, I've only scratched the surface. Every day, the people that I've named talk with you, we talk every day on email and they'll say, what if we did this? And they're like, wow. And they get so excited. Yes. They start writing the scripts. And so that creative spirit just, it, it just keeps me really enthused. I got to tell you my first radio play that I wrote that got me started on this. I wrote two radio plays when I was in college and I've redone those. But the first one that got me started on this was uh, in tribute to a uh, really classic, awesome play, um, which you might want to look up. Okay. Um, Sorry, wrong number. And it was uh, written by Lucille Fletcher, who's a very famous writer of the time. And it was on a show called Suspense. And uh, you it, easy to find on YouTube and everything like that. Sorry, wrong number. Okay. So I wrote one called Right Number, Wrong Party. And Sorry, Wrong Number basically happens on the phone all the time. Mm-hmm. It's about this woman who's in a wheelchair. Back in the day, she called herself um, an invalid, which you'd never call yourself now. But back in the day, right. that was just and she's waiting for her husband to come home, and he doesn't come home. She picks up the phone, and she overhears people talking about committing a murder. And the whole play is her trying to get people to take her seriously that she overheard this and find out where it's happening and how, how stressful it is that she can't do anything about it. You just feel the tension build, build, and build. So Damn. I wrote one called Right Number, Wrong Party. Mm-hmm. And it also happens on a phone where a guy – um, is going past a phone booth back in the day and it rings and he picks it up and the guy is giving him instructions on picking up the money to commit a hit mm-hmm. on somebody. Yeah. And he's an off duty cop. So he's thinking if I follow this guy's instructions, I can find out who's doing this and stop it. So he goes from place to place to place, getting the next phone call, trying to get the stuff to find out who the target is and, and how to stop this murder. I wrote that in 2001. I didn't realize I wrote it in 2001, but I was saying to a friend of mine, you know, I've never been 
perfectly happy with the recordings that I've tried to make of it through the years. And it's all been my fault. I've had to grow as a director and a producer and it's been, I feel like I'm getting better to it now. And yeah. my buddies Lothar and Jeff said, let's redo it. And so we're going to have like a 20th anniversary uh, release of the show. And we've already recorded. I got all the different actors. Now there's two different ways of doing acting, of course. Uh, well, I mean, um, in the format, we have actors online who send in their lines uh, via like they do for animation where people record separately and they send in their lines. And sometimes that works well, mm-hmm. especially with really experienced actors. Um, and now it's about the only way you can do it with the coronavirus thing going on. Yeah, right. um, but also I've had people come in to my home and I set up stage stuff and I'll have local actors record. And that's kind of fun because they can bounce off of each other. Right. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you can get people on Skype or zoom and you can um, hear each other at least and record that way. But you really need to have strong acting chops to do a good job of sounding realistic while you're doing it. Regardless, we've got probably 75% of the lines recorded in the last three or four days. So, um, my friend Lothar will start putting that together, taking out the bad takes, putting in the good ones, finding the great timing, and then going around saying, okay, so how will I tell this story through sound? So if this is happening on the street, I need good background sounds for the street. Maybe cars passing here and there. Yep. I got to have the door opening for the, for the phone booth, unless it's one that's open. But it, it will sound better if it's a door opening because then you can change the sound of the person in the phone booth too, because it sounds there's less echo. So there's all these things that are running in your head. It's like, how can I tell the story through sound in such a way that the audience really gets it? Because mm-hmm. you never want to confuse the audience where you right. are. You're on a fine line. Exactly. So, and there are people, and again, this is, this is part of your style. I have, there's a great guy, uh, Greg Taylor out of Ontario, a good friend of mine. And he's been doing this as, about as long as I have. And he's, he's one of the most prolific writers in audio drama. Um, he has uh, two shows that he just finished a couple of years ago, but he's doing other things now. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, show, his series is called Dakota Ring Theater, and you can go and pick it up and listen to it. Brilliantly done. Um, he takes a character like The Shadow, and it's called The Red Panda. Okay. And so there's Red Panda Adventures, and he and his <laughs> wife play The Red Panda and The Flying Squirrel, which is her character. <laughs> And, um, and who's his sidekick. And then he also has a detective series called Black Jack Justice. Uh, and so it's Jack Justice and Trixie Dixon, girl detective. And the nice. two of them work together. And they have like 200 shows of each almost. Wow. He's just, he would produce two new shows a month, which is a lot when he did it. But one of the reasons ways he did it was he likes to do his shows old style, which is as few sound effects as possible. Tell the story with the with the dialogue with the characters. Have an intro music and outro music. Build this big embedded thing. So that's the minimalist approach, mm-hmm. and that works for some people. They can do a really good job of that. Totally. And then you get the every blade every blade of grass person, <laughs> where it's like if you're walking along grass, you should be able to hear your footsteps going on. Some people like to have that entire experience, right? Wow. Yeah. So, so Dirk Meggs. Dirk Meggs, for example, is, um, I consider him to be like the Steven Spielberg body of drama. Uh, he's out of Britain and you can only buy his stuff and his stuff is brilliant. It's just absolutely brilliant. He did a, a series, um, a special aliens audio drama that you okay. can buy, which is better than probably all the movies after two. They're, they're just so well done. He wow. did, uh, he was a big superhero fan. So he actually did Batman Nightfall. Okay. Um, nice. and, uh, and it's great. It's really well done. And honestly, and I'm, I'm biased, but, uh, I think the cap guy who plays the Joker in that is the best Joker, even better than Mark Hamill. As far as I'm concerned, I just love his character take on the Joker. Um, so really cool. So you've got that, uh, one of our friends, uh, Bill Hallwig, he just passed away a couple of years ago, sadly took his own life. He, um, he's kind of like, Again, looking at style, um, I kind of think of him as the John Carpenter of audio drama. He, he loves big B-flick yep. style concepts, 
characters back and forth and the whole bit. But again, he built really big sound for those kinds of things. And so you get to know people through their work that way. These are true artists. Yeah. And it's really cool to see that happen. Yeah, because you're able to see their heart on display like all throughout. It. And I think that's like the best thing in any kind of creative endeavor or whatever it is. Like it's so important to have your whole heart in it because you're gonna you're going to see it and you're going to see that you can't halfway do what you do because you're walking to a fine line because there's a place where you have to look at it from the other person's perspective and be like, okay, like I want to give them the best experience without them seeing anything. You're painting this really amazing picture and you're also making them feel senses that are really hard to have them feel without the physical thing in front of them. So that's a really, like I said before, it's a huge gift and it's a really amazing um, thing that you have a team around you that, you know, gets it as well as they're, they're, they understand that they have to be fully in to be able to do excellent work. And that, and that's where the magic happens, quote unquote, when people are all in, they're not just half-assing it. They're not just looking at it out of this place of, oh, I guess I'm just going to do it like this or I'm going to just try to get this like kind of sound from a, you know, whatever website. Like you have to actually like go and find different doors and creeks and different things in yeah. your house to make the sound that you get the chills, that you get the feels and to magnify that because that's the art of it, you know? And that's why you're yeah. doing it for so long and such a success at it too. And it's amazing to hear the story and to be able to, um, yeah, we're definitely going to do another, another episode with you because I want <laughs> to hear more, um, along like the journey of it because it's such a beautiful thing but um, we are yeah. coming in about to like an hour um, wow. I know time flies so quick but don't worry we'll do another episode but before before you uh, roll out we would love to hear some advice you have for people that are in the audio world or in the creative space it's such a such a monster to to tackle and to be able to um, like head into without really having that guidance or guidelines. So as someone that's been in it for over 20 years and has experience, like what is some advice you have to, to someone that would be an audio, the creative world in general? It sounds almost a little too flip to say, but it is so important to understand. I've seen people come and go in this space a lot. And a lot of people who come and go, usually the timeline is like five years. There's mm -hmm. like people who come and they and they and they die out in one year and two years and five years. Five years seems to be the, the big thing. If people make it past five years, they tend to love it for life. But a lot of the problems that I see are people who don't necessarily love the medium, but see it as like a jumping off point to something else. So like I'm only doing this so I can get a television deal, or I'm only doing this to get that. And then they realize there's not that money in audio drama. It's still a small thing that people love to do, yep. but it's, it's a niche that's growing, but it's not growing so that it's going to make you millions of dollars. You have to really love to tell the story and you have to really love the community to be a part of it. I, there's the most amazing creative people in this community. Like I just, I keep talking about my friends and that, but for example, John Bell, Go to Bells in the Bat Free and listen. He's hilarious. He's family friendly. He does all the voices of all the characters himself wow. without a script. He sits down, has an idea, starts talking, and he'll jump into other characters. He's like, Well, so, you know, how are you today, Arnie? Well, I'm fine, Mr. Bell. How are you today? And he gets right <laughs> back and forth with these various different characters, and it's hilarious. He'll throw in sound effects and the whole bit. That is genius. And he does the introductions for Friday Follies. I was just talking to him on email on Thursday because my buddy Rich, who does the introductions for Thursday, I said, well, kind of waiting for his introduction. It's a little late today. Kind of normally brings it in. And he goes, well, you know, I can get one for you. You know what? No, it's okay, John. I'm, he'll, he'll be there. By 15 minutes later, he had a perfectly designed introduction with sound effects, cleverness, and the whole bit. Just sent it to my mailbox and said, just in case you need it. 
Wow. Now, these are the people that you want to work with totally. because they have the same passion that you do. So find those people because every day, you know, you, you, will, you will dip in what you're doing. You will not necessarily have the same passion day by day. But if you're inspired by people that you hang around because they are inspired by you, that just keeps building the creativity. So find those things. Give the stuff away for free. Get people out there to enjoy your stuff. Get people to, to start to figure out who you are. Then they can, you know, get on to your Patreon or whatever. But but get out there, show people what you're what you're worth, show people how much you enjoy what you're doing, and they'll start coming back to you. Yeah. That's the best that I can say about that. Yeah. By the way, if you want to listen to my original stuff, I do have a podcast that's very seldomly updated lately. But I thought I have all my stuff. Sp- sp- scattered throughout <laughs> sonic society and mutual audio and it's in these different places maybe you just want to listen to the stuff that i created as well if you go to the electric vicuna production podcast electric vicuna vicuna is v-i-c-u-n-a it's actually pronounced vicuna as people tell me but vicuna people so <laughs> electric vicuna productions okay is my company and the electric vicuna production podcast is nothing but my shows from the very beginning of when I tried to do this stuff to the very end. And a lot of people will remove stuff off their feed because it was crappy. I want people to hear good stuff and bad stuff and understand the process of how I've gone to try to get better and better as time goes by. And not everything is going to be perfect, but that's part of the artistic process. Mm -hmm. I just, I went in here thinking, look, I love to tell stories. I, I love this medium. I want to get better at whatever I do. And so, yeah, I'll write books. Maybe I'll write some screenplays. But this is a great way for me to get better and to get instant feedback from from audiences. Oh, you like this story? That's great. I have a, 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 a superhero series called Consortium Comics. I've written a couple of different intros for superheroes. I still get people going, are you ever going to come back and finish Blue Defender? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to come <laughs> back and do it. I might redo the entire thing again. But, yeah, so it's nice to have audience that love various different things. I created the very first fan fiction back in 2006 of Firefly, audio drama fan fiction. Wow. Never been done before. And um, it was great. Like the actors, you know, they were new, so you, they're not, they don't sound like the actors. But if you stick with it, I think it still holds up. And we got original music, too, from it, too. I have a, a composer friend of mine. She created music, uh, original Firefly-style music for it. We did six episodes called um, Old Wounds. You can find that online. Um, so you just get to be able to try different things and play, 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 play with your art. It's fun. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Literally, I have nothing to say to that. I agree completely with what you said. Just inspire, be around inspiring people that are going to push you and your passions. Because, um, yeah, like it's not, it's not something that you're like, oh, I'm just going to like continue to do this on my own. If you do it on your own, it's going to fall, it's going to fall out. I think that's what we as Poema is we're a creative space for creative people to be able to come in, build a community and then move forward. Cause a lot of times we think in our mind and the world today is just like, Oh, we want to do this one thing individually because this is our one thing that we're supposed to be doing. But no, like we all need each other as creatives, just like a corporate world wouldn't operate the same without all the different factors of people in the corporate setting you know, like, or a freaking burger joint wouldn't operate if someone's just flipping burgers and, like, has to do everything around. Like, no, we yeah. all need each other in this, and you need to be around people that are going to push you forward as well as are going to be there to, like, help you through the hard stuff. Like, it's not just, like, all about, like, move momentum. It's about actually giving any kind of love for each other and any kind of, like, impact. And I think that's important because... Yeah, if you can feel the love in your team and your community, like you're going to be able to do greater things because you're not going to feel like you're at all um, like hitting a block. And if you are hitting a block, you're not going to be like, oh, crap, I do this by myself. Or like I can actually like move forward through this because I have a tribe behind me that's going to push me and help me to go beyond this little wall or whatever it is. So, And, and chase your muse. Chase your art. Don't chase the money. There's been a lot of people who've tried to do that through audio drama. And it's like, well, this is really popular. So I'm going to make that. 
but then they're not happy because that's not what they wanted to make <clears> in the first place. Totally. They're just trying to do it to get listening ears. And people know if you have no passion in something. They mm-hmm. know if it just comes across as something that's mechanical. Do what you love to do. We talked about this beforehand, and you never get bored of it. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I can see that you have such a grit as well as a passion for this to be able to do these every single day. And I think that's amazing. And I like totally hats off to you for that. And yeah, thank you so much for being on our show. I'll do another one because I would love to just like hear a little bit of a sample on another episode of what that would look like and like hear kind of more along like the dialogue of like how that goes into your mind when it comes to like the voices and like what kind of details it comes into with like different sound effects and stuff. Because I think our listeners really greatly like have a lot of appreciation to hear the details of what it looks like to create one of these shows and like different voices or different kinds of like material you use to create these effects. So we'll do that again on a future episode. Sounds great. And I just want to say, I want to point out, I am, I am just so grateful every day for the people I work with. Mm. They are my friends. They are my family. They are amazing. I'm just so grateful that the people in the mutual audio network are fun to be with. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I love the fact that I do this stuff, and, and I, but I know that I am nothing without these people because they energize me every day. They inspire me. They teach me new stuff. It's great. So be that. Get get your tribe and get moving. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jack. <laughs> I definitely, yeah, I think that everyone can definitely resonate with that. And if you don't have a tribe, like, just come into Poyama and, like, reach out to us. Come in to the audio sure. network and, like, let's just, like, continue to be a family for each other because we're not doing this out of our own like personal desires or personal gain we're doing this for everyone and to not to give it away we just want to give it away we want to continue to give really great valuable content and if you guys are like wanting to give money sure go for it but we're not going to be like oh we're doing this for the money we're doing this so we can like build a family of people that are going to actually walk in their passion and like do it with confidence and do it with joy because i think it's so easy to be so discouraged in in that kind of light of oh i'm a creative and i make zero money and like okay cool like the end of the story there's so many ways to make money and if we get money out of the picture we can actually like create content that's going to create something way bigger than money can ever buy us big time you got the, the perfect attitude i love it